Preeclampsia. Preeclampsia is a hypertensive disorder in pregnancy related to 2 to 8% of pregnancy related complications worldwide. It results in a 9 to 26% of maternal deaths in low income countries and 16% in high income countries. Preeclampsia is defined as a new onset hypertension. The parameters for initial identification of preeclampsia is specifically defined as a systolic blood pressure of 140 millimeters of mercury or more or a diastolic blood pressure of 90 millimeters of mercury or more uh, on two occasions at least four hours apart. A shorter interval timing of systolic blood pressure of 160 millimeters of mercury or more or diastolic blood pressure of 110 millimeters of mercury or more of which must be identified after 20 weeks of gestation. The initial presentation of preeclampsia typically arises in near-term pregnancies. Other significant findings that may or may not be a part of the clinical presentation include proteinuria, signs of end-organ damage such as th uh, thrombocytopenia, impaired liver function, severe persistent right upper quadrant or epigastric pain, excluding all other diagnoses, a new onset headache or unresponsive to all forms of management, pulmonary edema or renal insufficiency with abnormal lab values. Further distinguishing subcategories of preeclampsia include classification into mild or severe, which are deemed so based on presentation and in clinical criteria to be described further. Etiology. Although there is, no, there is an extensive understanding of clinical presentation, diagnostic criteria, and management of preeclampsia currently utilized routinely, the underlying etiology of preeclampsia is not well understood. A widely accepted cause of preeclampsia stems from the theory of abnormal of placentation leading to significant maternal physiologic dysfunction. Despite these obstacles, the well-supported etiologic origin or of preeclampsia has been shown to arise to abnormal placentation, uh, leading to aberrant spinal arteries, remodeling placental ischemia, hypoxia, and oxidative stress. Ep epidemiology. Preeclampsia and eclampsia account for greater than 50,000 maternal deaths yearly worldwide. Like hypertensive disorders, the incidence of preeclampsia is correlated to ethnicity and race, most prevalent among Afro African American and Hispanic patients, making up 20 26% of maternal death um, among this population. There are several risk factors and predeterminants of preeclampsia. These include nulliparity, multi-gestational pregnancy, advanced maternal age greater than 35 years old, in vitro fertilization or other forms of assisted reproductive technology, maternal comorbidities such as chronic hypertension, chronic kidney disease, diabetes, mellitus, thrombophilia, obstructive sleep apnea, obesity and pre-pregnancy, body mass index greater than 30, family history, history of placental abruption or preeclampsia in a previous pregnancy or intrauterine fetal growth restriction. Pathophysiology. As described in the etiology of preeclampsia, abnormal presentation leading to vast abnormal remodeling of placental vessels plays a crucial role in the development of preeclampsia and in perpetuating the effects of its pathophysiology. Preeclampsia is a multi-system condition potentiating, potentiating possible severe hypertension and in-organ dysfunction or failure. As vascular sclerosis and abnormal arterial remodeling of the placenta lead to progressive placental ischemia, the release of distress markers like anti-angiogenic and pro-inflammatory factors facilitates an imbalance of increased competition with binding sites for angiogenic and essential growth factors. This causes downstream effects of abnormal vessel formation and inadequate vascular accommodation for multi-organ multi systems, most notably the cardiovascular, renal, and hepatic. 
History and physical. Although preeclampsia typically presents with a hallmark history and physical signs and symptoms, several atypical presentations exist. This section will review the most common presentations of preeclampsia and those that should prompt further investigation and diagnosis when, when testing when present. The most common history findings in patients with preeclampsia are patient complaints of new onset headache, not accountable by any other alternative diagnosis such as history of headaches or migraines that is unresponsive to medication. This complaint may or may not be accompanied by additional complaints of visual disturbances. Patients who also endorse uh, right upper quadrant or epigastric pain with associated nausea and vomiting, shortness of breath, and perceived increase in swelling worsening from baseline pregnancy-related symptoms may also be reported. Patients who present with any single feature of combination of these history findings should undergo a thorough physical exam. This begins with an evaluation of vital signs, more specifically blood pressure. Patients with a systolic blood pressure of 140 millimeters of mercury or greater or a diastolic pressure of 90 millimeters of mercury or greater should increase suspicion of preeclampsia. In patients at greater than 20 weeks gestation, blood pressure readings on two measurements at least four hours apart should be evaluated with further diagnostic workup. Recent reevaluation of diagnostic blood pressure readings had expanded to include sustained severe hypertension readings within five minutes of, of repeat readings to allow for timely intervention with antihypertensive anti therapy. These blood pressure readings include systolic blood pressure of 168 millimeters of mercury or greater or diastolic blood pressure of 110 millimeters of mercury or greater. As per the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, patients previously diagnosed with Gestational hypertension presenting with these severe range blood pressure should be diagnosed with preeclampsia with several features, regardless of the presence of other diagnostic criteria. Suppose patients uh, present with shortness of breath, uh, auscultation, and percussion of lungs should be undertaken for to examine for pulmonary disturbances. Palpation of the right upper quadrant and epigastric area should also be done to evaluate for tenderness. Overall evaluation for edema should be should be completed. Specifically, evaluate areas of dependent gravity-related edema like the lower extremities or independent edema such as the face and hands. Evaluation. Following a detailed history and physical exam, patients who present with signs and symptoms of preeclampsia should undergo timely diagnostic testing. This includes pregnancy-induced hypertension laboratory testing consisting of a urinalysis to evaluate the presence of proteinuria, either with a urine dipstick reading of 2 plus or greater, or if other methods are not readily available, a 24-hour urine collection sample significant for 300 milligrams or greater or urine protein creatinine ratio significant of 0.3 or greater complete blood count to uh, evaluation of thrombocytopenia defined by blood platelet count less than 100k per millimeter a um, a complete metabolic panel to assess for impaired liver function All, all the abnormal laboratory findings must exclude any pre-existing aberrations or secondary cause of abnormalities in order to, for, to be significant for diagnosis. Although elevated blood pressure with, a com with, a, with accompanying proteinuria is typically thought to be required for the diagnosis of preeclampsia, it may not be present in several cases. In such cases where the absence of proteinuria and new onset hypertension is discovered, other new onset symptoms such as thrombocytopenia, renal insufficiency, Pulmonary edema, impaired liver function, or new onset headache with or without visual disturbance may be used for diagnosis. This typically is referred to as preeclampsia without severe features, including new onset range blood pressures. 
treatment or management. Management of preeclampsia begins with early diagnosis, focusing on adequate blood pressure control and seizure prevention. Blood pressure control can be accomplished by utilizing beta blockades such as labetalol, calcium channel blocker, or nifedipine. Fetal evaluation should include ultrasonography of amniotic fluid index, estimated fetal weight, and, uh, and antinatal testing, such as non-stress tests and biophysical features. Fetal status may also play a role in determining uh, delivery versus expectant management in preeclamptic patients. Ultimately, the definitive treatment for preeclampsia is the delivery of the fetus. While continued observation is permissible for preterm gestations in patients with either well-controlled gestational hypertension or preeclampsia without severe features in the setting of normal antepartum testing, risks of expectant management exist. If expectant management is undertaken in stable patients, serial ultrasonography, weekly antepartum testing, and close observations of symptoms and blood pressure and laboratory value should be employed. As per ACOG, it is recommended that patients at 37 weeks gestation diagnosed with gestational hypertension or pre-cancer without severe features should undergo delivery rather than expectant management. It is also recommended that patients diagnosed with preeclampsia with severe features at or beyond 34 weeks undergo delivery after maternal stabilization and should not be delayed to accommodate steroid administration. In cases where patients less than 34 weeks gestation are being diagnosed with preeclampsia with severe features, proper stabilization of both maternal and fetal well-being should be initiated and may be followed with expected management. While neonatal and maternal outcomes may benefit from delivery or expected expectant management, informed decision-making regarding benefits and risks must be discussed with the patient. Antepartum admission with close monitoring of maternal and fetal conditions may be employed with a low threshold for delivery if maternal or fetal deterioration is suspected. Findings that indicate expeditious delivery after stabilization, regardless of gestational age, can be described as fetal and maternal factors. Fetal factors include abnormal antepartum testing, sustained reverse in diastolic flow of the umbilical artery. Maternal factors are uncontrolled blood pressure, continued headaches, visual disturbance of the right upper quadrant, epigastric pain, despite repeated medical management, myocardial infarction, stroke, pulmonary edema, HELP syndrome, eclampsia and or suspicion of placental disruption or bleeding with no other diagnosis. Delivery before 34 weeks gestation, if indicated, should prompt the administration of antenatal steroids for fetal lung maturation, which should not delay delivery. Medications utilized to stabilize severe range blood pressure include intravenous labetalol, hydrazoline, and oral and immediate release nifedipine. The first, the first choice of seizure prophylaxis in patients with preeclampsia with severe features is initiated in intravenous magnesium sulfate therapy. Differential diagnosis. The differential diagnosis for preeclampsia may co coincidentally be risk factor for developing preeclampsia. These include chronic hypertension, gestational hypertension, uh, antiphosphoid syndrome, antibody syndrome, throm thrombotic microangiopathies, lupus, epilepsy, or seizure disorder, chronic renal disease, chronic liver disease, and or other significant medical conditions. Prognosis. Early diagnosis, timely medical intervention, and appropriate maternal or fetal surveillance significantly improve maternal and fetal outcomes as preeclampsia becomes to be continues to be responsible for up to a quarter of maternal deaths in Certain ethnic backgrounds, the Caribbean Latin American population, followed by Asian African populations. Prompt care and routine monitoring decrease mor morbidity and mortality. Complications. 
Delayed delivery of the fetus in preeclamptic patients in the late midterm period increases the risk of severe hypertension with severe consequences such as eclampsia, HELP syndrome, pulmonary edema, myocardial infarction, acute respiratory distress syndrome, stroke, renal and retinal injury, and fetal complications including fetal growth restriction, placental abruption, or fetal or maternal death. Common complications exist with the initiation of medical management for adequate blood pressure control. These include tachycardia, hypotension, headaches, fetal heart tracing abnormalities using labetalol, hydrosoline, or nifedipine. The use of magnesium sulfate for seizure prophylactics also carries additional side effects and complications such as respiratory depression and cardiac arrest. Thus, frequent laboratory tests of serum magnesium levels and physical examinations every four to six weeks or every four to six hours for magnesium sulfate patients is recommended.